Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And take two. Right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rodney Hatter Podcast. Uh, I am going to introduce Mick first of all, because we have just been talking for the last two or three minutes, not realising we weren't going live or recording. Um, sorry. <laughs> Listen, oh, you trust me to press buttons, mate. You get what you get. <laughs> it's what it is, isn't it? You know what I mean? The only thing is, those, those last two minutes we did were probably the best two minutes this podcast has ever seen. Absolutely. <laughs> and, so. and only we know about it. Ah, well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny's with us as well. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Happy Easter. Hello, everybody. Happy Easter to everybody watching and listening and such. Um, <laughs> Paul Armin, who forgot to press play? It was- what do you think, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boys and girls, what a great Saturday afternoon everybody had. If you're a Rotherham fan, what a great Saturday afternoon. Danny, is that your hand up for a question or a point? Yeah, I have a question. Um, Matt and Mick, why are you both wearing signed Sweden shirts? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a story in itself. I suppose we'll get that out of the way. Yesterday, um, before the game and post-match, we met up with uh, Tobias... Thorgan and Marcus, who are Victor's family. Um, we went to the Blue Coats with them. Um, and they insisted on a shirt swap. So they had these Swedish Sweden shirts, hi my Victor. Um, and we gave the gave them our Rotherham shirts. Um, so they're probably back in Sweden by now. Uh, thankfully, I sort of Marcus and me and him are just about the same body size, it seems. My shirt fits quite well. Uh, thank you very much. It's lovely. Um, Mick. Didn't have the same look with his shirt swapper, did you? Well, I mean, if I could just show you, it probably better. The audio listeners won't be able to see this. Podcast, but, uh, <laughs> it shows off my baby uh, really, really well. Um, it, to be fair, lucky I've got it on tonight. I, 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 I thought I would have to get it cut off yesterday, um, but uh, yeah, thanks, Dorgan. <laughs> Love you um, too, mate. Probably- 
he is um he has two men that he loves, he told us. One of them is Dan Barlasser, the other one is Mick. <laughs> That's some company, that Mick. <laughs> some company, yeah. exactly. Um I, they, Thorgan insisting on having his own live podcast come on. Um but uh, having listened to his and Mick's conversation, uh, I had to wash my ears out when I got home. <laughs> uh, so we'll, have to, we'll, have to, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but it was great to see him. Saw Victor after the game as well. Great to see those, and hopefully we'll see him again in the future. Um, yeah, great guys. Now you were there. You were there post game as well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. It was great to just have a chat with Victor. Um, and I will say for Sam Todd, if he's listening, he wasn't drinking beer. I promise. It was it was, it was on coke and ice. I swear. I swear. He might want to look into the burger that he had, but other than that, it was a good boy. <laughs> yeah, Thorgan, we're going to call the gaffer, weren't he, and then get telling me what he thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you. Nice to see you guys yesterday, and we'll, we'll access you again. Um, the problem I have is that we won yesterday, so I was wearing this shirt. And I am very superstitious. Why well, I'm gonna have to wear this shirt for the rest of the season now? Um, so I, I mean, if that's gonna happen, I'm gonna have to go on a crash diet between now and Tuesday, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's enough about us. Who cares about that? I care. Um, yeah, what a great Saturday. Let's start with that. I'll start with the Rotherham game. We'll talk about the pigs doing us a favor and Cambridge putting on a performance that we know they can against Wigan. Um, but the, the lineup, we'll start with the lineup, Danny. The last time I what I saw a Rotherham United lineup and thought that's brave, brave or stupid, was when he put Freddie in against Wednesday. It turned out to be very brave and, and, the, and the right call. Since then, it's been same same a little bit, and he changed it. Full, full credit to him, didn't change formation, but he changed it. And for me, I know we went, we went miles better in the first half, but it was instantly better than it had been. Yeah, I thought so. And I think the best thing was is the conversation on Twitter, everyone tried to suss out the formation that we had. I mean, the club published it as a 3-5-2, which I think it was a 3-5-2. Mm. But the players that were on the pitch, it's like, well, we could be playing 3-4-3. Sky had it as a 3-4-3. Some people thought it was 5-4-1. It were like, well, if we can't work it out, Ipswich surely can't. You know? <laughs> so that might come into our advantage. But we um, we said that we needed to, like, to be a little bit unpredictable and shake up a little bit. And that's exactly what Warner did. He brought in um, the back line that a lot of people had been saying we wanted to see. And they did very, very well. Um, he played Benny up front, which he played very, very well. Um but he was also supported by Ben Wales in that more forward-pushing role, which I think helped out as well because it didn't isolate Chio in that space behind Smith and made it all work. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad Warner shook it up a bit because it, we needed a shake-up and it's probably brought the best atmosphere at New York Stadium that we've had this season. Say there are only, what, 8,300 millers there. It was loud. Like it was, it was so loud, so loud. It was, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got to go through some comments we have because we've got some more great people with us. Stephen Adams is with us, he's in uh, in Crete. Very happy. <laughs> <laughs> is that Chinia? I weren't going to try that. I've got, I've, I've, <laughs> I've pronounced some bad stuff this weekend. I'm not going to try with that one. Um, Steve Grundy's with us. Neil Livers is first time watching us on Sunday. Paul Brock's with us. Jamie says it's going to be a very positive podcast. Absolutely. 
Paul Barnfield, uh, hi guys, what a buzzing weekend. Uh, and Jamie and Jerry and Jamie says, love seeing Victor in blue coats, even having my picture with him in a great chat. And with Danny as well. Uh, mm. You might want to check your camera roll, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah. photography as part of my uni course, behave. No, well, if he gave his pic- if he gave his phone to Thorgan to take a picture of uh, Victor, you will yeah. have a selfie on there of Thorgan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, brilliant. Yes. Mick, it was a touch on the atmosphere because it was absolutely bouncing. It's the loudest it's been all season. And it's yeah. the loudest it's been, and I don't know how. Well, I can't remember the last time it was that loud, and it wasn't anything special. It wasn't. It wasn't anything done special. It was just brilliant. It, it was, and it. But the, the thing about it is, it had got. It was the first time this season, and this sounds ridiculous, but it was the first time this season we really got that feel of an end of season or back end of the season, something to play for game. You mm. know. Uh, sun was out. It was, you know, it was a beautiful day. People were off work. Everything kind of conspired to, to create that atmosphere. Um, and and then obviously the way that we set off and the way that we played, because of the improvement in commitment and and performance uh, over and above the last few games, it all sort of it all just sort of created like the perfect storm in terms of the in terms of atmosphere. Um, you know, and everybody was up for it. So, so yeah, it it, uh, it was great. Absolutely fantastic place to be yesterday, in New York. Yeah, it was. Um, the, it's Shirley, Shirley says the atmosphere needs to be there for the four remaining games. Should have been all the time. Yes, but when things start getting serious, that's when you always see it come up. And the sunshine helped, as stupid as it sounds. Mickey, you mentioned it. The sunshine yeah. just gets people in better moods, doesn't it? And it just it does, yeah. Great place to be yesterday. Um, John Morell, the impartial Birmingham fan, thought we were poor until we got forced into the change, which we'll come on to, and the lad who came on, Barlasser. Uh, thankfully, James <laughs> Norwood couldn't finish his breakfast, as he should yeah. have put that one in early on, Danny. But, but I haven't seen the replay on Sky Sports from where we were saying we're off, the initial miles off. offside. He wasn't even close, it was miles off. But that's the look. We're finally getting a little bit of luck. That's five or six games we've had no luck. You need that bit of luck. If you're going to be successful, you also need the luck, and hopefully we're get, finally getting some. Yeah, I think so. But um, I've watched it back on Sky and the lad who nearly assisted Norwood, he sort of had, was in two minds as he was offside. So I think mm. he tries to deliver it too quickly. And so the ball's got too much pace on it. And that's why Nor- Norwood completely scuffs it. Um, so, yeah, like you say, a little bit of luck played into it as well. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think Barlas is coming on for Miller, as bad as it is that Miller's now out for the season because of that injury. Um, Ball has to start and control the midfield a bit better. Lord knows what formation we went to because I had no <laughs> idea. Um, but it sort of worked and we just kept building and building on it. And then we came to the second half. And you, I don't know, for me, it was just you could feel something, were gonna, some, some, uh, something was going to happen, whether it was an Ipswich mm. red card or we were going to score. And thankfully, it was uh, Smith that scored. And the raw emotion that Smith showed when he scored, it was like, we might have just found our mojo again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Harvey Kelwick, let's give some individual praise before we talk about the formation. Harvey Kelwick says that Icky had no in his pocket all game. Uh, let's talk about Icky for a minute, Mick. He's had his moments this season. Yeah, and he, has, he has had a moment or two of where he's looked dodgy. But for me, he was almost faultless yesterday. He was... Oh, it was just immense. 
And that's the icky we saw two years ago on a weekly basis. Mm. Um, and that's what we've got to see more. I say more often. I, 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 it's not more often, is it, I suppose? But yeah. I think he, he, he just he tidies up a lot of the time. Whereas yesterday, with front and centre, he were having him and he were brilliant. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing with Icky is a centre half, so he's got a mistake in him. Every centre half in the world's got a mistake in him, haven't they? You know? But it, it suits him better playing that central role. Um now he's become more exper- a more experienced player. He, he is just getting better and better for me. And well, we, we we talked yesterday, I think me and you talked about it, about trying to call man at match, and it was so so difficult. You know, every, there's so many players contributed to the game. Uh, more so than they've done in the last few last few performances, it, it was difficult to pick one out. But I I, I think the sponsors got it right, giving it to Icky. Um, I, I just he's, he's so dependable, and like I keep saying, he is captain. He is a captain. He's a leader. He's a leader on that pitch. Uh, and you know, he's, he was very lucky yesterday to have two two exceptional central defenders at the side of him, either side of him as well in uh, in um, Reg and Wes Harding. Um, you know they, they were they were also excellent. A uh, couple of mistakes from Wes, but he managed to tidy him up. You know, um, so yeah, it, it, defensively that central three were were, were were very very good yesterday. I felt, um, and Icky Icky should have, well, Norwood should have been sent off for the elbow on Icky straight into the second yeah. half. But you know, to be fair to the referee, I don't think you know. I think if somebody had taken a baseball bat and Smack some around back at head, he still wouldn't have sent him off, would he? Um, so he, he was absolutely determined he weren't going to, he weren't going to get that red one out yesterday. So anyway, okay. And that's a mini rant. We make one tomorrow. <laughs> that's not the only tackle that Mick thinks was a red card from yesterday. Uh, it's not the only one that surprising. I thought was a red card either. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, Shelley, actually, nice to see Reg back in the team. We sort of called it on on the previous pod. Um, we'd like to see Reg back in, and we wanted to see Wes back in, and they both came back in, Danny. And again, they were both. I thought Reg were back to his best. I thought it was again a bit like Icky, but much quieter game. Didn't put, barely put a foot wrong, and he and he helps us going forward as well, doesn't he, Reg? Yeah, definitely. And um, <clears throat> but the best thing about them for me, anyway, is when they make mistakes, they're straight on it, recovering. Mm. It's like Wes. Um, I think he slipped during a clearance. And it went straight to one of their players, and bang, he won it back straight away. So the defenders that when they make the mistake, they rectify it straight away, and then can turn it into an attacking opportunity. Um, but yeah, it, it was great to see him back. They've had the time on the bench, like Reg through injury and, and Harding from um, from probably. I don't really know we hard in. You know, he's just had his, his spell on the bench and he's made it count being back in the starting eleven. And um, mm. it was a very, very solid defensive performance. I think the only thing that really slipped him up was when Ipswich got in behind their back line through mm. a through ball, like with the one that was offside and um, their centre-back going on an absolute escapade <laughs> up the pitch as well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, solid performance. That's all you can say. They had... Um, a quiet game, but it's good when centre-backs have a quiet game because then they've not done out silly, you know. So, a quiet game is a really good game for a centre-back. Yeah, it is. 100%. 100%. Uh, we were forced into a change 20-something minute. Um, Mikel Miller, who didn't really have an impact on the game, to be honest with you, but he came off and it looks like his season could be over. One said, as uh, Paul Davis, has said that he could be back for the playoffs if we get there. Um, but hopefully we won't need that. But then make it changes into a bizarre formation, 
that I cooked it. it took me five minutes to work out exactly what it was, but my best guess is that it was a 3 4 2 1, which okay. was back three. You've got, you had a, a standard, well, a, a deep midfield two of Barlasser and Lindsay, your wing backs of Chio and Aussie, Aussie 2 2. <clears throat> then you had Rathbone and Wiles just in front, and then Smith in front of those. That's how I read it for, the, for most of the game. Um, yeah. I may be wrong. I'd like uh, with that. We may find out in the next press conference uh, tomorrow, which will be Monday, Tuesday. What they will? It'll be on Monday probably. Paul and Paul might expand expand on that a little bit, but it was back to last season where we had last season we had Cruxy as that man just behind, mm. and the extra body in midfield really helps. And the mm. the risk with those formations, and it is a big risk, is that you isolate Smith. And that didn't happen. The key thing was that didn't happen. And no. we may have found our formation for the last four games here because it was it worked perfectly. It, it did work really, really well. Um because we because um either war uh oh, Wilesy, birthday boy, happy birthday, Ben, by the way. Oh yes, um, happy birthday, Ben. Uh Wilesy or Rathbone were able to get up there and support Smithy. Um mm. the issue is likely to be if we get overrun in midfield mm. and those two End up having to drop deeper to um, to cover that, but um, Barlaser made a difference. Barlaser made a difference mm. when he came on, with, without a shadow of doubt. And I think without him there, we are a different team, and we're not we're nowhere near got the creativity that we need without Dan Barlaser in that midfield at the moment. Jamie Lindsay can do it a little bit. Ben Wiles can do it a little bit, but both both certainly Wiles is pushing far too far too far forward to play that role. You know what I mean despite the fact he's capable of doing it. So we need Dan Barlash on the pitch. And um, I, I'm not sure who said it in the comments. I think it might have been John, actually. It did change the game um, in our favour uh, when Dan Barlasser came on. And, and like you say, it's a shame for, for Mikel Miller, but uh, yet another injury. Um, it's Yeah, it's not great for him, that. Not great for him or us. Especially with, I think he's out of contract somewhere as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to put... Uh... Potentially pay to a new contract with us and elsewhere as well, potentially. Yeah. Um, that's a conversation for another day. Let's talk about the goal, Danny. We've got loads of individual performances to talk about, to be honest with you, loads of incident stuff. But let's just talk about the goal because we haven't yet and we're 17 minutes in. Um, it felt like we were coming for a while. And I think we've got a comment on here. Uh, Nad ND, that bend on Smith's goal was similar to his Hillsborough goal. I said to you post match, Danny, that reminded me of his goal at Wednesday because. He just took it early. It was first touch, and it, you could see from the replays that it put the keeper off, the defender weren't set, and it weren't right in the corner. But because of how early he took it, the keeper absolutely had no chance to get anywhere near it. Yeah, he's almost used the defender as like a guide to where the post mm. is, so he knows to bend it round him. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it was a very similar technique to it, but different type of goal completely. Um, but the technique of using the defender and taking it first time, it's just left him for six, hasn't it? They've, they've it, it, how do I explain it? It's um, it's the one time that young lads, that young Indonesian lads, um, mm. was it Baggett? Can't remember his name now, but I know you mean, yeah. Yeah, he were on Smith all game, and to be to be fair to him, he'd done very well mm. that game. But it's the chance that um, Ozzy has just before that pulls him out to Ozzy mm-hmm. in the box. And it just leaves Smith free. Exactly the same at Wednesday. The defender's just gone off him and he's just got enough room and he's scored. And 
the one thing I will say about the crowd, the cheer when we scored on Sky Sports is biblical. <laughs> I, 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 I saw the clip, I showed Mick the clip um, whilst we were at the pub with the Johansons, and it sounds like we're in a 30,000 stadium. That's that's how loud it was. And I think that's all the pent-up frustration and nerves from the last three games. It's a release, isn't it? Yeah, that sudden release. It's like, yes, get in. And Warney, bless it, we were airborne. It was like they were doing um, <laughs> Dirty Dancing with him and Barker. It was fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's 25 for the season now with Smith, yep. which is unreal. That's a goal every other game for him this season. Yeah. Uh, 25 in, game, I think. Yeah, 25 yeah. in 50. That's unreal. If that were in Premier League, they would not stop talking about it. And neither are we, mm. so that's good. Um, right. But yeah, it, it'll do Smith's confidence a world of good as well uh, for Tuesday. And I think the, both the crowd and the result will really spur on the players now. And uh, mm. yeah, well, I hope it does anyway, because if it doesn't, oh dear. But Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We'll be positive for a change. We'll be positive. It's going to spur yeah. him on and we're going to win league. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, we never miss an opportunity to give Michael Smith some credit, Mick. Um, I've seen some some other people, some people on Twitter renewing the argument to say he's one of the best we've ever had, um, especially what he does. Uh, with, with Alan Lee at the game yesterday, that's a big call. Yeah. Um, but he just, he just everything. John Merrill says here, Birmingham fan must admit Smith took it brilliantly. But other than that, he's put his, he thought he was poor. Hold up play and interchange was non-existent. I probably disagree. I thought he, he occupies the defence. <laughs> in a strange way, he occupies the defence. So Wiles and Rathman could, could, could then come forward. It, dro- it makes them drop deeper and allows yeah. that extra bit of space. Um, and yeah. I just love Michael Smith. I just love him. I haven't we've not seen the best of Michael Smith for weeks now, have we? You know, he's been off the boil for some time. We know he's carrying an injury, um, a foot injury of some sort, um, and, and has been for some time. But but I, I have to agree with John up to a point. His older play, yesterday up to the goal, and for the last few games, has been it's been bang average. It's just not been how he was earlier in the season. I think he's, he's suffered possibly more than most with his drop-off in form. Um, of the team, you know what I mean? Um, he's had nobody really up front consistently to form a partnership with since Will Grigg uh, got that injury. Um, you know, it, 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 his partner's kind of been in and out of the side and then yesterday, of course, he didn't didn't actually have one. Um, so, so it's not been easy for him. But hopefully that, uh, that goal must have been like an absolute massive release for him, you know, because... Mm. It, because of what I've just said there, hopefully that will we will now see see the best of Michael Smith for the next four games, um, injury permitting. That's that's the only sort of fly in the ointment for me. You know, I I, I just worry how how this injury is and how it's progressing. If it's getting worse or or what, and whether he can see the season out. But I mean that that goal hopefully will spur him on now and. Um, he can uh, he can he can push on and be the smithy that he was earlier in the season. Is he the best we've ever had? Nah, I'm not convinced. He's not. He's, he's right up there though at the moment. And then we've talked about it many many times, haven't we? He's right up there because of his story as much as anything else. You know, because of how he's developed, how he's come on, how he's progressed, how he's worked, how hard he's worked to to get himself those 25 goals in a season. 
which for any striker at any level is is, is a is a is a fantastic result, fantastic return. Mm. Yeah, incredible. It really is an incredible return. Absolutely. Arius Ethan says he wasn't poor in his opinion. It's just because there was no Freddie for him to run off, which I think is also a fair point. Uh, he couldn't yeah. flick it on. Freddie, never ever going to be able to flick it on because he had no way to flick it on too. Uh, other than a couple of minutes when Shield was up top. Um, yeah. Enjoying while it lasts. We might only get four more games, Michael Smith. So just enjoying <laughs> while it's here. Um, Jake Kidd, on a different level topic, why are we so happy? Heard we were just playing for set pieces all second half, didn't we? Now this comes from Kieran McKenna, who you can very clearly see um, is a manager, manager, and you can very clearly see is new to the management game, is what I, is what I would say to his comments. Um, he said, this is a quote from Paul Davis article, the advertiser, it turned into a, set, uh, a game of set plays. It became a barrage of corners and throw-ins and we couldn't handle. You didn't get that right, Matt. You didn't get that right. Well, I didn't, well, it, didn't, it, didn't it became a barrage of throw-ins <laughs> and corners. It was swaying in the wind like he, like he, like he was some sort of swaying in the wind thing. Tree. <laughs> Tree, that's it. Yeah, one of them, yeah. I didn't know trees could sway. I thought they just stood there. <laughs> yeah. Very, very strange. Very, very strange. Well, I said strange, but I remember when we played, uh, I think it was MK Dons at their place in the season, Danny. Their manager said very similar. So he had an eight, essentially eight minute rant about how we played football. Um, and this weren't far off the same sort of thing. It, it's like, and yeah, we've got loads of set pieces because they gave away corners. We've got some throw ins because they put ball out of play. We've got some fouls because they fouled us. It was them that was time wasting from the throw-ins, and he has the cheek to complain about the game the ball being out of play. I mean, just moronic. It's one of those things like you don't throw stones in glass houses, do you? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like you've just hit nail on Ed. He seems to have forgotten that the reason we had so many throw-ins and so many fouls and so many corners is because they kept putting the ball out of play. It's like well, if you actually played football and didn't time waste. And you got your own throw-ins and such, then ball would have been in play longer, wouldn't it? Um, but I, I think he's just upset that our goal effectively came from a throw-in from Harding, and um, <clears throat> and every dangerous attack that we had was a net cause of them doing something silly. You know, whether it was leaving a foot in for a foul, which we'll get onto in a minute, and um, you know, bottling a, a challenge in the corner, and then just giving us another chance at goal. And I can't remember the the player's number, um, but it was one that had like um his hair his hair up in like um in like a bun. I think it was there twenty two, I think it was. From the fifth minute and from the first throw, he took his time with them throw ins. He got he got one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got deck chair out and just had to sit down whilst referee was trying <laughs> to sort something. And it's like and referee didn't book him, that was the worst thing. Mm. And their keeper as well, he took his time with his um with his releases from goal, and I don't know what's up with him. He must have something up with his foot or anything because he only kicked it out of his penalty box only a couple of times during the whole game. <laughs> it was more of a route. Just play it to you and you can kick it. Off you go. Um, yeah, it was 22. Thank you. He, he needs to learn to not take his time and get ball rolling quicker because then ball might be in play longer. I think that's how it works, isn't it? I we need so. to ask Gareth. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, worst thing was Gareth, Gareth Ainsworth with pundit as well. Yeah, probably kept him going. Now the McKenna, um, take your time with these throws. They don't like it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but make just your thought. It, it struck me as a man who's very new to uh, to first team football management, which which he is. Yeah, yeah, naive in it. Um, lost lost the game. Didn't perform particularly well, and, and when they went behind, really never even never even tried to get back into the game, did they? You know, they performed after they once they'd gone behind. Looking back at it now, it didn't feel like it at the time, obviously. Um, but looking back at it now, they, they didn't. They had no intentions of going for anything, had they? You know, they were they were on the beach, kind of um, kind of scenario. So he's probably a bit disappointed with his team performance. Possibly he wasn't able to read the changes that Warney had made to the the setup and the and the personnel. Uh, maybe he's frustrated by that. Um, but but it's come out sounding well, just sounding ridiculous. You know. Because the point that you made there, you know, barrage of throw-ins and free kicks. Well, in order to us for us to get them, either a throw-in or a free kick, they've got to have got rid of the ball or fouled somebody. It makes no sense, does it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, whatever. Sour grapes, don't care, not interested. Not interested. I'm one. Well, I am interested because I enjoy it. <laughs> oh, right. okay, yeah, yeah. I think if it had been a draw, it'd have been a bit of a more fair comment. But because we've won, it's just come across as him sounding a bit sour, hasn't yeah. it? Um, but, Sorry, go on, Danny. Carry on. I'm, I'm just saying, um, it's, is it his first gig in like proper first team football? Yeah, they got from Man U's youth cell. It's not doing too bad, is it? To give him his due, he's not doing too yeah. bad. I agree. So, you know, credit where credit's due and such. Yeah, he's learning. Spoke, he's learning. Speaking, speaking to my wife, she watched the game on Sky um, and she, she was saying that the Sky commentary was essentially saying the commentary was mirroring what the Ipswich manager said afterwards. You know, to, the, the commentators were saying that Rotherham were trying to slow the game down and, and slow timing and everything else. It, was, it, it seems a little bit bizarre, but whatever. It just, uh, maybe, I don't know. Because you know, when I watch us, I think we're the opposite. And I, yeah, I, yeah. We, I don't know whether I've got these Rodham glasses on. I am unable to take them off. But we were consistently at them. We didn't let mm. them have a second. The only reason the ball went out of place because they couldn't deal with how energetic and quick we were. We were trying to get the ball off them to keep the ball in play to try and attack, but they were kicking the ball out of play. So it's not us trying to slow the game down. They're having to resort to get the ball out of play. And... I, I, I see the game differently. I clearly see the game differently, but yeah, I don't know. Used to do. I, I mean, I felt that we were we were still pushing for a goal six, seven minutes into injury time. Um, but you know, we, it wasn't until we got to the last couple of minutes where we where we went into the corner with it. Um, mm. But anyway, whatever. I don't. I, it matters not what anybody else thinks, does it? Ultimately, no. Um, you know, just just as it didn't matter as we as we drove away from Portsmouth on on Tuesday night, what anybody thought. The bottom line is, we didn't get three points there. We didn't get anything. We came away from New York Stadium on Saturday with three points. That is the only thing that matters ultimately. You know, what anybody else's view on our performances is is meant imperial, really, isn't it? True. Uh, very interesting. Carl Scott mentioned it was Dominic Thompson, the player who was slowing the throws down on the. Right hand side, left hand side, left hand side, left hand side. There were a couple, couple of times, a couple of throw-ins as well where he, that he took. They had both feet on the pitch as well. Mm. But anyway, let's not yeah. get bogged down in rules, though, shall we? Yeah, I can see Ethan. Did you see the Wednesday fans passing time at the Rotherham game before the MK Dons game on the Ipswich Town vlogger? 
I saw that they were on. But I, I, I watched the vlog, fast forward to the Smith goal, and just watched the limbs and the other bend. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember the guy's link, so I can't um, can't give him a, a plug. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, we'll talk about refereeing issues in a moment. Let's give some more praise to some more individual players because this is what we like doing. Um, Kerry Louise, Jamie Lindsay's energy, though. Philip Rawlinson adds it with Jamie Lindsay is a positive machine. Um, again, somebody we talked about in the last couple of episodes, Danny. He was back. And oh my God, wasn't Jamie Lindsay back? How good was Jamie Lindsay? <laughs> yeah, back to his best. I thought he was back to that um, championship, Jamie Lindsay, that we saw. You know, the one that was the pig killer. Because we've just mentioned Sheffield Wednesday. Um, in that game he played against Wednesday, where he just ran the show. And I think it was more or less the same. I think. Um, if Ollie Rathbun wasn't on the pitch, probably Jamie Lindsay would have covered every blade of grass. But I think Ollie Rathbun probably did cover every blade of grass and then every blade of grass that was off the touchline as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jamie was immense, back to, back to his best. And um, if he plays like that on Tuesday, he could very well score as well yeah. if he keeps finding those areas and keeps pushing on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jamie, same again, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's always been an issue this season, Mick, that can you actually get Ollie Rathburn and Jamie Lindsay in the same team? Because they do very similar jobs. They are different, but they, are, but they do do similar roles. And if you can find a way to get both of them in, in a Rotherham United team, then we are absolutely cooking on gas. Because they are just what we want as a, as, a, as a fan. They just want to work hard. And then other people can just almost feed off their energy. Ballas is, is, is a, a key one of those. So we'll just see something else in it and then just work around it. I'm not saying it's lazy, but it, it, it helps him with their energy. And we may have found a way to get both of those in the team without losing too much elsewhere. Because if we can, honestly, that would be amazing. Yeah, possibly. But it means playing one up front, doesn't it? It means playing Smithy up, up front on his own uh, because that's the only place you can take a player from in order mm-hmm. to fulfil those two roles or for them to fulfil those two roles. So... Um, it worked on Saturday, you know. Uh, the, the issue you've got is that you know, you, you do that, you don't win the game, then you criticize for playing one up front when you need to win. You know, it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of scenario. But, um, yeah, I mean, they can they clearly can play in the same team and they were formidable in the, with the work rate and, and and closing the ball down and, and 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 in the press. I mean, because of the high press that we play, to have two of those players within the team is like, it's just an absolute godsend, isn't it? You know, uh, mm. they're, they're, they're exceptional, the pair of them. Mm. Yeah, they are. Uh, we'll come on to the Burton game in a minute. We'll sort of talk about how we're going to set up going forward. Um, but yeah, I very much enjoyed those. Let's, uh, Carl Scott says on Jamie Lindsay, Jamie Lindsay was immense. How he wasn't up for the man of the match pull on, on our official Twitter feed. He doesn't know. It was one of those games where you could have picked four, four or five people for a man of the match. Um, let's move on to some referee decisions and comments and well, non-decisions is the word, isn't it? Um, Danny, get your Mick rant flag ready. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I've, I've got I've got something better. I've, I found these in my bag. Right, <clears throat> these are from when we went to Wembley, and uh, I believe it was Nick Barber who made them. They're actual Rotherham United glasses. See, they say, they say RUFC over the lenses. <laughs> so I've actually got my Rotherham United glasses on now. So I was talking about yeah, the referee. I, I can't remember who they were meant for, but they ended up in my bag, so I've got them here. 
Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, let's start with one I didn't see. YouTube user says Sky commentator saying we should have had a penalty on Ben Wiles. I uh, was that in the yes. first half. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see that one. Danny, was it a penalty? Um, it's one of them penalties that's never given in football because it's occurred off the ball. So Wilds has already played the ball uh, to the edge of the box from where he because it was like on like the uh, the corner flag side of the eighteen yard box. He's come inside, played it across, and then the players left the leg in on him. Uh, and because the referee's already looked across to see where the ball's going, he's not seen it at all. Um, and unfortunately, it's one of them that VAR would give it. Mm. They will look back at it and go, you know, potential penalty. Um, but because we're in League One, he's just followed the line of the ball and not seen it, which is unfortunate because uh, it was a penalty, Stonewall penalty. But ah yeah. well, these things, these things happen. Uh, let's move on to the more obvious ones. Um, we may disagree on this next one. Let's talk about Selena on Rathbun. Shelley IFC to Selena Rathbun that push. How didn't he walk? Uh, I am going to defend Selena here and defend the referee a little bit, which I don't like doing, but I will do on this occasion. Um, Rathbun went down easy, not as theatric as Sky Sports made out. We went down very. The guy put his hands on his chest. It wasn't really a push. Uh, it was only a push to the chest. It's not like it was in his face or anything like that. Uh, I thought a yellow card was the right decision. I think if you give a red card, then you're sort of setting precedence for some soft red cards, potentially. I know a lot of people will disagree with that. Mick, I think you'll be one of them. I don't know what the rules are, mate. I don't know what the rules are this week uh, in terms of raising your hands to a player. Um, my understanding was that if you raised your hands and pushed a player in that in that manner, it would a red card. I don't know, maybe not. Um, so, but like I said to you before, they were never going to send anybody off if they'd come out swinging baseball bats. That wasn't going to happen yesterday. Um, I, 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 I'm, how, whether, whether, whether. Do you, the, uh, do you want me to give you the ruling? Do you want me to read the, yeah, read the law on, for you? Mm. Uh, violent conduct. Violent conduct is when a player uses or attempts to use excessive force or brutality against an opponent while not challenging for the ball or against a teammate. Team officials, match officials, spectator, or any other person, regardless of whether contact is made. So the question red is, card, did he yeah. use excessive force or brutality? It's red card. It's a clear red card. He's raised his hands and he's pushed him. It's, it's a red card. And I don't think, yeah, on that basis, I don't think you can argue that rule, argue any other way. And you can say he went down easy, whatever. I don't. I'm not interested. Not interested at all. He's raised his hands. He's pushed him. End of. You don't do it. If that's the rule. Uh, well, yeah. If the rule. Um, uh, so we've got Steve Cooper in the Facebook comments. The rules. If you raise your hands, it's a red. So it's not if you raise your hands. It depends how you use them. Um, is there's nothing technically in the law about raising your hands, it's all about excessive force. Um, Power Mad UK though says the push looked like excessive force. Uh, but Mike 61 Miller on YouTube says yellow was right, it was ungentlemanly conduct, not violent conduct. Um, yeah, uh, Shelly IFC, raise your hands, it's a red. He fits all of what I've, what I've just read out, he walked towards him with intent. It's one of those, Danny, that I suppose could go either way. And, and I'm I'm always in the camp that if you don't have to give a red card, 
just don't give a red card if unless you have to. And I thought that was one of them where he didn't have to give a red card. That's probably what the referee was. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to sound like Mick saying this, but it's one of them rules that's open to interpretation, isn't it? Mm. And he's interpreted that yeah. as being yellow card worthy, but as it's written down, to me, it sounds like it should be a red card. Um, and we've seen some interesting red cards given against us this season. Um, and I think that's probably why um, we wanted Norwood sent off for the icky situation. And um, what do you call um, the player who nearly put his foot through Victor's chest. Like we've, we've seen that happen. Yeah, we've seen that happen time and again with Victor and gets no protection from it. And again, I think with Selena, it's just fitting that. We've seen that happen with us and they've gone down comically and we've been punished for it. Um, mm. Yeah, it's open to interpretation. I personally think through what you've read out, it's a red card. But I don't know, maybe it was the occasion that got to the referee and that's why I didn't send him off. Didn't want to look like he was being a bit too harsh on Sky. Um, or he's just completely bottled it and given the yellow cards. But anyway, he got subbed off in the end. Yeah. Don't matter. The reality of it is, it's probably not a red card. But the rules say what they say, you know? And and that and that sort of behaviour fits what the rules say. So you know, it, 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 you, and this is what we bang on about, or I bang on about all the time. If you leave those rules open to interpretations by referees, you will get inconsistency. It's as simple as it, it has to be, because you're leaving it open to people to make their own interpretation of it. And 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 that rule necessarily is not really open to interpretation. It's pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, if it goes against us, you know, if if, if Joe Matic does it, which is likely to at some stage, because he does, <laughs> you know, send him off. I don't want him sent off. But I would I don't I don't know how much I'd have to be able to complain if he did get sent off for it. Mm. You know? Yes, I know what you mean. Uh Paul Brock, what about the foul on Icky? Um hello, Mick. Flagging some different outside your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got somebody stood knocking at me from window. Trying the to get you about your sweets. Uh, say again. He's <laughs> waving it back window now. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I think um, that happened to Dr. Disrespect a couple of years ago, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul Brock, what about the foul on Icky? Same elbow uh, that McDonald got sent us off. Now, if you compare those two incidents, Mick, uh, they are very, very similar. Um, uh, Carl Scott says uh, Norwood elbow and Icky could have been a red, but looking back, Norwood's eyes were on the ball. All the time, he was just using his arms to jump. Tell me what's different to that from Matt and uh, Angus's red card a few weeks ago. Well, there, there is a difference. There is a difference. The, the, the difference is that Icky was also going for the ball, whereas the one with Angus, uh, the, the, the opposition player, weren't even going for the ball. They were just going to foul Angus. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I mean... I wanted a red at the time. I felt that it was. I felt it got elbow in face and everything else. But yes, you're right. They were, both players were going for the ball. Both players were looking at the ball. And it, it was one of those things. Arms go up, don't they, when, they, when players jump? <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, it's just that simple. Uh, but again, 
again, it's it, it, it's inconsistencies, isn't it? You know, we've got to play out for three games, and we were down to ten men in in in, in a game against Shrewsbury for a, a, a decision that was nowhere near as clear cut as that one that went against mm-hmm. us. Um, but yeah, it is what it is as, as far as that's concerned. We've got to get used to this if we're going to go up, haven't we? We have to get used to this because we, we all know, we all know that when you when you get back up into that championship, the standard of refereeing is way, way lower than it is in our division, way lower. Um, so we're going to have to get used to this. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm already kind of tentatively starting to write some rants just in case we do go up because there'll be plenty to come next season. I think your referee got that one right on balance. No, that's true. The final referee news that we're going to talk about, and let's give it quick because I want to get back to more to more, I want to talk about Rodney United again. Um, the final one is where Victor got kicked in the chest by Sonny Luco. Um, having also having everybody mobile seen Victor's chest and they have loads of marks on his arm, and having seen Danny's vlog. Uh, it's a red card for me. Paul Warren's defended Luco actually, and said it wasn't a red card. He went for the ball. He couldn't have been further away from the ball, Danny. He, he, he might have gone for it, but he was three days to lay and kick somebody in the chest. Yeah, like, like I said, we've seen it time and again with Victor against uh, Preston and Barnsley. Usually keepers get a lot of protection in those situations, um, but Victor doesn't seem to get anything. You know, that... Like the sky, describe it perfectly. It is very, very brave goalkeeping, and some players wouldn't be up to it. But it's the fact that the player was so mistimed with going for the ball that, from my angle on the vlog, it's quite clearly Victor's ball, and then the players just mistimed it and then nearly gone through his chest. Um, but also, I've listened to the Ipswich commentary, and they couldn't understand why he got a yellow card because oh. exactly and they were saying. They're saying like, well, what what have they booked him for? It must they must have booked him for the high foot, and it's like, well, if you booked him for high foot, then it should be a, then it should be a red card for the severity of where his foot is and the fact it's mistimed. Mm. But obviously, again, the the uh, the referee is on Sky and probably thought, well, I need to do something here because he's quite clearly laid him out and made contact with him, so he showed him the yellow yeah. card. But from the TV angles, it looks like a fair challenge, you know, both both going for the ball, etc. But from my angle. It's so mistimed that I would give a red card for it. It's just, it's a very similar situation to what happened with Chad Evans at Preston. The only good thing is it was in Victor's chest and he hasn't left a stud in Victor's eye socket. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the lateness. We 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 just we at two minutes ago. We just I've read out the definition of violent conduct, and this ticks the boxes, Mick. It's excessive. Um, he's not got the ball. And, and and as the rule says, it's irrelevant whether whether he's going for the ball or not. That's actually not relevant to the, to, whether, to whether it's a red card or not. He's absolutely got to go for the ball. Absolutely got to go for it. Yeah. But you've got to get you've got to at least get near the ball, and he was absolutely nowhere near it. And uh, in the defence of the ref, I don't think he's seen it. There's a lot of bodies in his way. That's the only defence I can give the referee. So then it falls back to the lino. Is the lino brave enough to give that call? We all know liners are probably not going to be brave enough. And that's the only defence I can give to the referee. Well, I mean, I, I agree with the Ipswich commentary. The, the, the only thing that it isn't is a yellow card, you know? Um, because if he's made a genuine attempt to get the ball, fair enough. However, his foot's too high. 
if his foot's too high, then it's a free kick. His foot's too high and he hasn't made any contact with the ball, but he has with the player's chest. It's a red card. It, it, can't, it, it can't be anything else. It, it's just impossible to be anything else. You know? It, he's given the free kick. He's booked the player. So therefore, as far as the referee's concerned, there must have been a foul. Mm. A foul worthy yeah. of sanction. But if it's a sanction, it's a red card. I, I'm sorry, but it can't be anything else because he's gone with his foot, I don't know, two feet off the floor, high enough to get Victor in the chest. Admittedly, he's, he's, he's down slightly. He's, he's kind of, his knees are bent. So it's not, you know, we're not sort of talking head high, but he's got him in the chest and on the arm and then across onto the arm. He's not made any contact with the ball. It can't be a yellow card. Bone close. It can't even, it can't be, it can't be. But... Yeah, I think I think the best thing we can add to that as well is that we've actually seen Victor's injury that he got from that, and to me the injury no, and also the injury doesn't sort of make sense because he's obviously kicked kicked him in the chest, but Mm. he's gone into his chest and then straight across his arm as well. So yeah, so it's like yeah, yeah. Well, it it looked a mess when he showed it as like, and you could see the stub marks in his arm that had gone straight through him, and it's like whoa. It would be a goalkeeper, eh? Victor would. But, you know, fair play to him. He got up and carried on. And the Sky was saying, oh, we've got, they've got Josh Chapman on the bench who hasn't made an appearance this season. It's likely to survive worse. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we think we've made a good save, Victor, had a real good game, Mick. But the one thing that yeah. you can always trust Victor for is he's going to stick his head or chest where it hurts. And that's, that's, that's one of the areas he is above Vickers. I think Vickers probably pips me in the overall game, but... That is the one thing that I have yet to see many keepers beat Victor on. He is the bravest keeper I can remember seeing in a yeah. long, long time. Yeah, he is. He is. And because uh, he's daft, isn't he? <laughs> 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 They're all mad. They're all mad. Uh, goalkeepers are mad anyway, aren't they? Um, and Victor just sort of adds a bit more madness into that. So he's great. Absolutely great. And you know he's going to come for those. And you know he's going to get there. He's either going to get there or he's going to get taken out. Um, and to be honest, I don't think he really cares which. Does he? <laughs> no problem. Not no. <laughs> Let's on a podcast before Christmas dinner that he sort of loves them challenges a little bit. Uh, the people yeah, yeah, yeah. just makes mm. him feel alive, I think is what he said. Yeah, um, yeah. Love it. Um, he's skinny, aren't we? We met him at pub. You know what annoys me about professional footballers? They're just skinny, aren't they? They're just... Yeah. <laughs> he's a keeper. You know keepers back in the 90s? They were just fat lads, weren't they? Ooh, just waiting goals. <laughs> Neville Southall, for example, an amazing keeper, but it wasn't hardly a you know peak physical specimen, were he? And then you got Victor, who was just in like, it's just not fair, is it? But he works hard. Bless him. Um, any other players you want to pick out? We picked out loads of players. I've always got time for a bit more for a bit more players. But praise though, guys. I think we've um. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I'd like to praise Chio for his, uh, his his Tigger celebration when Smithy scored. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> if you've not seen the video, somebody posted it up on Twitter. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it is. just looks like Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> the question is: Are you Victor from Danny's vlog, or are you Chio from when the goal went in? Which one of the which one of the two? Oh. Are you? Just the drop into your knees in relief. Or yeah. just jumping around like Tigger, which, which that, one are you? That'd be a good poll on Twitter. What's your celebration, <laughs> Victor or Chio? Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll pull over once we're finished. Uh, I, I was, I'm probably chill. Yeah, yeah. Most, I'm probably seventy percent chill and thirty percent the relief that Victor like had. Um, yeah, two two Aussie two two again, improving, 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 and again probably his best game, Mick, for us, mm. obviously. Yeah, I thought so. He played really, really well. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Like I said in the last podcast, I'm. I'm not 100 percent convinced he's bought into it. I think he is here just to just to see the season out and get some get some game time, you know, in, in his own mind, which is fine. Uh, but he's contributing. He tends to run into dead ends a little bit. Now I don't know whether that, particularly in the second half, there, I don't know whether it's because he's playing on the left and he's a right foot player. Um, and and that's that kind of ends up with him having to cut inside and end up in a dead end. I'm not really sure, but yeah, he, he, he's he's like lightning, isn't he? Brilliant. And there were a couple of times when he, he got back, using his pace to get back and, and and get into those get you know prevent those sort of breaks as well, which 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 was a, probably a criticism of him in the earlier games that he played that his defensive duties kind of got neglected a little bit. But uh, no. I'm really impressed with him. He is a good player, and he? he's going to be some player for when he gets to a club that you know he's settled at and, and and wants to play for. But I think he he clearly wants to play at a higher level than he's at at the moment than we're at. Well, which, if, you know, if we go, up, yeah. Back. Well, yeah, different ball game potentially. Well, we'll have to wait and see with that. Yeah. Um, Carl Scott says the only negative from the game is Miller out for the season. Good for the lad. I am good for Miller because we all love Miller Danny and he is a great, great player. But I'm going to put my brother and United hat on for a moment and just say it's good for us that he's got injured now rather than having signed a three-year deal in the summer because he's clearly got an issue with that hamstring and whether it's something as a club we can manage is a big, big question because it is the second or third this season that he's had. So mm. it, it's clearly a problem. Yeah, and um, we I think so far we have managed it very well and we've mm. brought him back and he has played very well when he's come back. So it could be something we look at in the summer, like we know you're, you're suffering with this injury a little bit, but let's give you a bit of rehab until your contract starts running down. And then if you want to stay here and carry on and look, we, we can manage it, then yeah, keep him on. Um, but if he wants to explore elsewhere, which I'm sure he's fully entitled to, then that's his decision. But... Who would want a uh, an in, a player that's just fresh from a season-ending injury? And I, I know I've only got four games left, but um, speaking of potential incomings in the summer, before we move on to the uh, the Burton preview, um, Warren has had the informal chat with Will Grigg about him coming back after his rehab's done. Um, so if his injury isn't too Harsh on him, um, then we could be seeing Will Grigg in a permanent Miller shirt next season, which I think would be great to see. And we could uh, wind up, mm, and uh, we could wind up the uh, the Sunderland fans by by singing Will Grigg is a Miller, the Black Cats are terrified. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Johnny Davis says it's his opposite hamstring, which is uh. more worrying. That's both hamstrings uh, that are going again. This is just with my selfish running that hat on. Um, but I'd love to see him back again in the Rotherham shirt next year, but it's got to fit, hasn't it, if you know what I mean? Mm. Um, uh, where are we? Rathburn from, from Mike Miller. Rathburn was man of the match for him, driving force and back to his best. I agree. Rathburn was immense, wins the ball back so many times. That's from Philip Rawlinson. Um, and 
Matthew, Matthew Hepson all. Thank you for joining us. Matthew, the passion that was there for all to see yesterday. Much like the team from the start of the season, hopefully we're going to MK suffer a bounce, uh, a bouncing drip now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Let us talk about some stats, some records being broken and records equaled, and then we'll move on to something I was going to talk about. Um, as we're Paul Davis reported yesterday, we are now matched our record for most clean sheets in the season with 26, which is an incredible achievement. Four more games to break the record. Um, and if you sort of question how well the season's gone, we are now, this points total is the third highest in the club's history, joint third highest in the club's history. There's only, I think there's only two seasons. Yeah. I think 2013-14 in the Ravens for the playoff season, we've got 86, and that's our second highest. Our highest is 91 under Ronnie Moore for the Division Two winning season. So we're having such a good season. Um, we've just got to get over the line. We may need a club record total to get us up into the promotion places, but I think it, I think it's worth pointing out where we are. Um, I thought that was interesting starting here. Yeah. Um, so there we go, there we go, there we go. Wigan MK Wigan and MK Dons. Uh, shall we all talk about a bit of a group therapy now? So we all talk about how we all became Sheffield Wednesday fans for two hours. I didn't. Um, I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, so just you, me, and you make that to suffer through being Wednesday fans. Um, <laughs> All it showed me is that you can't trust Sheffield Wednesday to do anything. They had a three-goal lead and they ballsed it up. You just can't yeah. trust them, can you? No. No. They're a one-man side. Here we go. They are a one-man side, aren't they? <laughs> well, you look at them and, and, and I, I've, I've obviously, in all seriousness, I, have, I was obviously critical. I don't think critical is the right word. I was I was on the wind-up about Barry Bannon at the, at the beginning of the season and obviously we all know that the, the sort of story behind that, but but when Barry Bannon went off yesterday, they had nothing. They had nothing for me. Um, he is the glue that holds that side together, and he is the creativity in that side. Um, he is Sheffield Wednesday for me, um, and yeah, they did us a massive favour, and and it felt I felt physically sick during the goals as they went in. It really hurts. But they didn't so, Mickey, Mickey, are you anchoring after another Barry Bannon shirt, the way you've just praised no, no, him? No, no, no. I'm just trying to be serious. I'm just, just trying to be serious for a minute. Um, you know, uh, they did us a favour yesterday, and for that I'm thankful. Um, and hopefully we can do them a favour next Saturday and and, and knock Oxford out at, play, out at playoff places. You know, a favour for a favour and all that. Um, they did us one. It's time we did one. They did them one. Uh, we should also create. I know it's Wednesday, this is not a Sheffield Wednesday podcast, but the Bannon goal, Danny. I'm sure you've seen the Bannon goal, a st- stunning goal. Probably, I keep it deserves a bit of criticism, absolutely. But you've got to credit Bannon for the vision and just a stunning goal. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, um, probably a contender for Jeff Wednesday's goal of the season, to be quite honest. And it did turn out to be the winning goal. And it's quite poetic that it was an Alex Ravel esque goal that won Wednesday the game against MK Dons that then put us above MK Dons into the automatic places. <laughs> quite poetic, yeah. Um, mm. But I'm not quite like you. I didn't watch it. I was just reading the group chat and it's like, oh, Chef Wednesday 3 0. Oh, well, they check Twitter. Wow, what a goal. Fair play. <laughs> we'll, we'll give him a fair play on that one. I won't go anywhere here, but fair play. 
Yeah, the, the worry is that MK Don should. I know you're right what you're saying, Nick, about pigs uh, sort of coming, falling off when Bannon came off. The worry is that MK Don's did show quite a lot of heart to get back into that game. And I didn't want to see that. I wanted it to go 3 0 and MK Don's trickle off with a tail between the legs. Mm. It worries me that yeah. they came back um, with a bit of fight and a bit of, you know, some bit of summer. We don't want that, do we? Uh, but no. from their point of view, it's two games we had to win, which is not, which is not much. But when you're in your final five games of the season and they've not won those two, that that's that sounds like a lot. It is a lot because of the stage of the season mm. we're at. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. So hopefully, it is. Uh, they they've got Oxford on Tuesday night, um, which is a tough one. Again, it's tough on Oxford are on a poor bit of form uh, as well. Dropping out and dropping out the playoffs. It's it's this time of year where Carl Robinson almost starts bottling things, so it might be a good yeah, time yeah. to play Oxford. Um, but. And also, we should credit Cambridge, Danny. We're doing us a favour. Um, we, we talked about Cambridge being one of the best teams we've played this season, and they've rolled over for Wednesday, for example, or beat nil by six, six nil by Wednesday. But they absolutely did us a massive favour, and again, great value for a, a great away win for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> in all three games against Cambridge, they have turned up against us, uh, even when we beat them three one. I mean, it, it it sounds weird, but it wasn't a tight three one. That makes sense. You know they played. They played really well. We just took our chances against him that time, and then they rectified that with the one-one draw in the Papa Johns that we thankfully won on penalties. Um, but yeah, uh, Cambridge turned up against Wigan. Uh, Wigan tried to try and break him down, but they couldn't. They eventually did, nearly right at the end of the game. But Cambridge did another solid for us, and in fairness, have made Wigan catchable. You know, yeah. it's amazing how 24 hours can change your outlook on a season, isn't it? Um, to be honest, I couldn't see Wigan and MK losing another game this season. And it's both happened in the same day that we've picked up another win. So it's like, we've gone above MK on goal, on goal difference. Wigan are four points in front. And someone's done the math. If MK lose to their next two games and we win our next two, we are mathematically promoted because they won't be able to catch us with the single game even without playing our game in Andy and Sunderland. And that's how close it is this season. And I hate, I hate to have doubled up on my prediction, but it's going to the final day, lads. The league title uh-huh. will be decided on the final day and it's going to be annoying as hell because people are there with, with the phones listening to the Wigan game or whatever. And mm. <laughs> I don't yeah. like it, but I do at the same time. Yeah, well, one of the things I, I started we, we got whenever we got to pub about like half 10, 11 o'clock, and the nerves were right there. I was so nervous about the game because of the subsequent games that were going to follow us. Um, the beer obviously helped calm that down. You know, Thorgan, Victor's uncle, told us we were going to win, and we won. So, you know, that set, settles the nerves for you, I suppose. But with Matt, but with that, Matt, he also said if we won 5 0, you're going to swap pants as well as shirts. Uh, swap mixed pants, not my pants. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hence why we can't wait to struggle through a live podcast with Thorgan because these are the type of stuff that it comes up with. I mean, um, if it gets us a win, I'd, I'd agree to anything with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I, I it might be interested. It might be interested. I'll, I'll message you. Um, In fact, yeah, I'm going to lay, lay the gauntlet down now, right? If we win the league, right... I will do a proper snog with with him live on camera. For the <laughs> I'm laying that gauntlet down right now, and I'm not going he to won't back, be back out. Till next season, either. I don't think, which is a shame. Good, Matt, forget it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, then right. Points out we could be promoted by Saturday at three o'clock. 
Um, obviously, we could. Well, I don't. I don't think we can be out of the running completely by Saturday. Uh, we'd have to lose both games, and we would start two games left. So we can't be out of the running. We can be promoted by Saturday. Also, if some buts. But basically, if we better MK Don's result on Tuesday, and then that would, that would take us at least one point ahead of them, and then win on Saturday, and they don't win, we are promoted essentially. We've got to bear in mind our goal difference is something like eight better as well. So there's a good chance MK Don's need a good swing if we're three points ahead of them. And then we have the game in hand against Sunderland, where hopefully Sunderland's season will be sewn up in the playoffs uh, or, or out of it. Um, so that, it's exciting this time of season. My God, it's stressful, but it is it's just what you want to be part of, isn't it? Um, I can only imagine the, the joy and pressure it brings as a player, mate, because I, I know how I feel as a fan. Yeah, it, it, it's just, yeah, it's just nervy, 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 isn't it? And it's not, not a position we anticipated ourselves being in five or six weeks ago, but it is what it is, isn't it? Uh, it just adds a bit more spice to it, I guess. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I'm comfortable with where we are at the moment. Okay. Uh, Mike Miller on YouTube. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, lads. No, we're not getting ahead of ourselves. Well, I am. Yeah. You, know what? you know what? I am. I always do this to myself. There you go. Um, before Saturday's game, we were going to finish seventh. Now we're going to win league, so... That's how it works, football fan. Swings uh, around Yeah, just getting the permutations. It technically could be done. It probably won't, but it technically could be done by Saturday. Um, but that relies on us winning at Burton on Tuesday night, which is another tough game. We know how tough Burton are, uh, how how bad they can be. Um, but I was reading a tweet from Gabe Sutton, who is the man in the know for the football league. Very, he knows everything about the football league, and the phrase he used that Burton have been garbage since Christmas. So this is the type of Burton team we want to be playing. I'm hoping they are garbage. Uh, to put it into context for you all, uh, Burton have only won one game in their last 11, but their last three games have all been nil-nil. So they clearly don't score many, they clearly don't concede many. We'll be with 3-1 at our place earlier on in the season, Mick. Uh, I was not asking what you think the game's going to be like because it's this time of the season. Anything yeah. could happen. Um, let's talk about how we want to set up. Harvey Kelwick thinks only one change for him which was Barlasser in for Miller, and then I we were just go basically back to the formation. We ended the like, ended the game, which I already mentioned three four two one ish. Um, how would you see that? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Barlasser is going to come in uh, because because of Miller because of the injury to Miller. The only question realistically is: do we play two up front? You know, do we sacrifice one of those midfielders uh, and bring in Freddie or JJ? It, it depends how they see Burton um, as they are at the moment. They're one of the better sides we played when we played them at New York. I know we beat them and we beat them convincingly, uh, score-wise. But they were a good side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, Jimmy you know, Floyd Hasselbank is a good manager. Under, you know, and he shouldn't be managing in League One, but he's obviously got a a, a thing with Burton, and he's, he's been there a while. And I've been there twice. Is this his second? Twi- it's at least twice, second. maybe more. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so they're a good side. There's no doubt about it. Um, so it's going to be a really, really tough game. But it's down to Warnie how he sees their, their where he sees their weaknesses. Um, it would be great to start with the same eleven that we finish with. But does that you know burden on tips with each other? So mm. I would suggest they're probably going to play try and play a similar way. You know, try and play football, play out from the back, etc. So we'll have to wait and see, but 
Um, I try. I trust them to just get it right. I, I know they will. They will get it right. Jalen mm. um, Simpson giving us a stat that I should have seen, but I didn't. So thank you very much, Jalen. Uh, Burton haven't scored since the twelfth of March. Um, when they, and that was three goals against Fleetwood again. Since we, since they beat us, I think Fleetwood have been garbage as well. Um, so that's five games that Burton haven't scored in. All these stats are pointing towards a one 0 Burton win, aren't they, Danny? <laughs> Took the words straight out of my mouth with that one. Um, I mean, the thing with Burton is like, yeah, they have, like uh, Gav says, they have been garbage um, since Christmas, but they're still in a position where, you know, they're not quite threatened with relegation and they're not going to make the playoffs now. That's probably mathematically confirmed. Um, so it's just, you know, Burton don't really have anything to play for. I think for them now, it's just finish as high as possible, which is a very dangerous mindset for a team yeah. coming against us who are still trying to get in and secure the automatics. Um, but like you say, Burton haven't scored in the last five. Uh, they haven't won in the last five either. Um, but they're somehow still ranked 19th with goals scored per match, which is still 1.1. So it's like, couldn't yeah. it one? You know, um, and we've won our last three matches against Burton and going off, we've won our last... That's four or five against Ipswich. Um, could play into our favour because we know how to beat him. Uh, Michael Smith might be coming back into form now that he's scored. Um, but Burton's top scorer is John Brayford, the defender. Um, yeah. So he's top definitely, yeah, five goals. <laughs> so, but yeah, we definitely need to keep an eye on him though because he does have um, one at least one shot per match is what the stats are telling me, and Smith has just under two per match. Um, so we definitely need to keep an eye on John Brayford, but like the people in the comments have been saying, if we go with the same 11 when Barlasser came on, we should be okay, because we can get beyond Burton with the pace of Chia when Aussie, um, also have that midfield security, and um, if, we've got a, a, if we've got a midfield that works with Barlasser, Lindsay, Rathburn and Wiles all on the same pitch together that that could be very 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 interesting for us and I think because um, Icky, Reg and Harding had such a good game as the back three I'd say give them another run out because they'll look at where they've gone wrong, they'll improve on it and then they'll apply it to the next game and I think the three of them do deserve a run out now because they've shown that they are capable of doing it and so I think we should reward them with that yeah, I completely agree, but it's, it's a big question. A back three is a big question in theory, Mick, because we know we like to play Woody wherever possible, but one of the things that has been levelled at Warney, and you can't really argue with this one, is there's been not much stability in the back three, and that's because you, that's because we've got to manage Woody. Part, a big part of that is because we've got to manage Visual Woods' workload, but there comes a time where you do need to start having some consistency, and five games, four, now four games before the end of the season... Is where yeah. you say, right, these boys have just put in a really good performance. Stick with them. I think putting Woody in would be unfair. Danny says it would be completely unfair to the three boys that played because they would they barely put a foot wrong. Yeah, he's got to, he's got to go. Uh, certainly, as far as the defence is concerned, he's got to go back to that. You know, you've got the shirt, it's yours to lose um, attitude because they were outstanding. The three of the best defenders in this division, those three, three of, I'm not saying they are the three, but they are clearly three of the best defenders in this division. Um, 
all of them are championship quality. Um, that's before we start looking at Richard Wood and Joe Matic and Angus McDonald and uh, and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I don't think you change that back three. I don't think you change Chio. I don't think you change Farlata, Lindsay, Rathbone, Wiles, Smith. I don't think you change any of those. You know, your only question is, is there another striker or is it going to be another midfielder? Mm. I think with I think with Woody on the bench, we use him the same way that we used him against Ipswich. When we're mm. one nil in front and we need that little bit of experience at the back just to see it out, which is exactly what Woody did when he came on. The experience came on, he organised the defence straight away, got them jeered up in, kept them going, and we saw it out. And as much as I love Woody, I think these last four could be the time where he steps up in the dressing room and is the leader yeah. in the dressing room. Because if you've got yeah. Warren and Woody motivating you in the dressing room, Lord above help the other team out. You know what I mean? It's like having Chio and Ozzy on the same same wings as each other. It should be illegal. But having Warren and Woody as motivators should also be illegal because that's their forte. They motivate you. They keep you going. They keep you pushing on. And Icky's a very capable captain in his own right. But if we've got the captain on the pitch and then the captain in the dressing room, both yeah, yeah. getting the team going, that could be our formula for the last four. It's not, it's not knocking Woody's ability or anything like that, but I think potentially it could be better for the team for him to be the experience that comes on later in the game rather than the experience head that starts the game. Maybe against Sunderland, potentially he starts as the experienced head, like don't concede early sort of thing, but... In terms of seeing games out and grinding out the result now for the last four, I think we need Woody in the dressing room and as the experience that comes on later. Mm. Yeah, I've been manufactured in my non-football manager in brain, by the way, so I could be yeah. completely wrong, but... You know. That makes sense to my non, non-football in brain as well, so we're, if, we're, if we're stupid, we're stupid together. Um, Jalen Simpson asked a question, which Paul looked ahead in the summer. Looking ahead, if we get promoted, and Huddersfield do get promoted as well, would they take... Reg back on loan with us or leave him in the championship with the experience with us? Yeah, I think that's a good good point, a good question. Um, if we get promoted, I think we then become Huddersfield fans, hopefully, and that he comes back next season. As as these loan things work, um, I think oh, we're going to oh, get there. Are we going to overlook the fact that Huddersfield, the, the, the Huddersfield are actually challenging for promotion into Premier League? Well, they're we're not going to make a comment on that, are we? I mean, it's just bizarre, isn't it? I mean, it's strange bedfellows in the playoffs. I mean, you've got Uddersfield, Luton, Nottingham Forest, and all right, Sheffield United. Yeah, they've been there. But with Uddersfield, yeah, Coventry aren't far off. Blackburn aren't far off. Um, I think it's one of the few times the Championship has dished up a very interesting playoff competition where we turn into a Championship podcast now, um, where it's not just your standard three down for Premier League. Oh, they're going to finish top three. You know, all right, we've got Fulham and, and Bournemouth are now up there who've been there recently, but. It, it's turned out very interesting. I'm quite interested to see how the Championship playoffs work out this season because we could see a former big name back in the big time. It's it shows, and I heard this on a different on a different podcast. Well, point this out. It shows that if you run your ship properly, not just financially, but in terms of personnel, there is a good chance you will find yourself in good positions. Um, obviously, our budget is significantly less than even Luton and Coventry, but. It's a sign that if you can progress and build gradually, there is a pathway, there is a route. Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're still in League One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> predictions. Um, Danny and Mick both got one nil, it's one nil to Rotherham in the Ipswich games. Um, Come so on, well done to you two. Um, 
you don't win anything. So I'm lucky. Um, I'll, I'll hold myself a Sweden shirt. Sign back into that. <laughs> okay. We'll doesn't fit that. like but doesn't fit, and you've got to wear that to the game on Saturday. Again. Oh, you are kidding me. <laughs> well, you you wore it to Saturday and we won. You know how yeah. these things work. Yeah, I do. So I'm afraid you're gonna wear it again. These mine <laughs> fit. <laughs> I'm not gonna fit more with you anymore. <laughs> and if you if you're not gonna choose to, you've got to sit on your settee watching I follow in that Sweden shirt as well. well I might go. <laughs> <laughs> we've got, um, we've got a decent following going to Burton 1300 that. at the minute it's not bad yeah. the thing is if I go to Burton in this I can always if we lose I can always m- mingle in with home supporters can't I yeah we also play Oxford next week and we'll also play uh, yeah exactly yeah um, yeah anyway anyway predictions 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 uh, I will start first and I will steal the 1-0 um, which will be tight and tense and nervy and everything else 1-0 Danny? Um, it's odds though that Burton's going to score, I think. Um, but, I don't know, I've got a feeling we're 2-0, personally. 2-0, I like it. Mick? You've nicked mine there, Danny. You've nicked mine. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it'll be a clean sheet. I think Victor will keep a clean sheet. Uh, I think he's going to want to try and uh, get to... If he plays the last four games and keeps four clean sheets, can he match Josh Vickers' clean sheet record? I would have thought so, but I will certainly have a look for you. Yeah, he has to be close, like percentage of games wise, though. Um, I will load everything up and have a look for you. Oh, sorry, so, I, I thought you put it instantly there no. in your. And whilst Matt's finding that out, I'll just say it's Sodslow Victor will keep the clean sheet and break the record. Because we told him that he's just matched the record whilst we were at the pub with him, and he seemed <laughs> yeah. and he seemed very motivated. Like, oh yeah, right, okay. So he's got he, he, we've planted the seed in his head, like we did with Alan Flandre to come back to us. We've planted the seed, and he'll break the record. So we're I have a good chance. I'm going to say we're back on this. So I'm going three 0 That's my uh, prediction. Okay. Um, so just to give you the stats, Victor has a good transfer market. I don't know if this is updated for yesterday. It says he has nine. And Vickers has twelve, so he could match Vickers. Um, yeah, yeah. He's up, yeah. I don't think it has updated because Victor's percentage has dropped below somebody else's, so I don't think it has updated from yesterday. I know, I know we've we've kept twenty two clean sheets in the league total, so I think it's twelve and ten. Now. It hasn't updated. Then it gives it, it's giving it, it we've got it on here. It's nine and twelve, so it clearly hasn't yeah. updated transfer market. So he has ten. Um, which will obviously push his percentage up as well. Um, we've got some, we've got some people with some superstitions on here. <laughs> will Roebuck had his lucky boxes on for the first time in a while. He thought the look, look had ran out. Uh, and Shelley says, "I wore the same pair of boxes for most of the season. Obviously, they've been washed. Thankfully, I didn't wear them Saturday. So, I do. I continue to ditch them for the last few games. Whatever you did, anybody watching, anybody listening, whatever you did on Saturday." Do it again on Tuesday, even if you're not going to the game. Wear, try and wear what you wore. Try and do what you did on Tuesday. Same against Oxford. Try and wear what you wore. Try and do what you did. I wore shorts. I mean, he's got sunburn. <laughs> it might be 12 degrees on Tuesday night on, on Burton, Burton, Danny, but you have yeah. to wear them. <laughs> I'll just make sure I've got my football socks on, keep your knees cool. Um, keep your knees That's warm. Fine. You know, the, 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think I've hidden my superstitious side pretty well in this podcast so far. Yeah, when it gets it's this really time well, of the season, when it gets this time of the season, everything. If you've got a lucky shirt you haven't worn for two years, get it out. Just get it on. Just before we end, because um, we're just coming up to an hour and nineteen, which is pushing know, longest one this season. But just before we end, Shelley, I'm going to top your superstitious pair of boxes there, right? Because my superstitious pair of boxes got absolutely destroyed on an away day. Um, if you talk, no, no, let's stop it there. Uh, because it's... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. But if you're the bloke who tore them, you know who you are. And I actually went back because my mum says, Mum, can you repair my lucky boxes, please? I want to wear them for the rest of the season. <laughs> so my mum, bless her, painstakingly sewed this massive hole down the side of my boxes back together. And they still come to every game with me. But like Shelley says, they are washed. So nobody get too concerned about that, please. Yeah, absolutely. And Johnny Davis in your comments. I'm not going to put the comment up, but Johnny Davis, uh, yes, you do. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, we can see it on fever. That's fa- that's fantastic. It, yeah. <laughs> Jamie asks, um, it, it "Good away day, pubs, Danny. Actually, you'll be obviously going to coach. Do you know what pub do you set to go to? If you don't, that's fine." Um, I mean, at the minute, the the bus is the pub for me. Um, we haven't made a man's up yet. <laughs> it's burnt the whole side car anyway. It's garbage, won't it? Anyway, Harvey Kelwick two nil in predictions. Cal Briggs is three one. Carl Scott says three nil. Jerry Ann Simpson, 1-0 to the Millers. Jamie says 2-0. John Morell says 3-1 to us. He thinks Burton are on the beach, which it does seem to be the case, hopefully. Paul Barnfield says 2-0. Will Roebuck, with his lucky pants on, says 4-0. Absolute feel of it, he thinks. <laughs> like it very, very much. If we win 4-0, I'll have my lucky pants on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Brock says 1-0 on Tuesday night, he thinks. Thank you very much, Paul. Sorry we've gone long, but I just felt like after the last few weeks we've had we just wanted to be positive I, I certainly just wanted to be positive uh, and it's great to talk about some great individual performances for me we got sounds like it sounds like we've had a crap season we've got our Rotherham United back that is Rotherham United on Saturday um, and I want to see that again on Tuesday I want to see it on Saturday and going forward as well so well done to the players but this is this has got to be only the start so come on and fans Get that noise. That noise again at Burton. That noise again at Oxford for the last two games as well. That noise were amazing. So get back on it, everybody, because it was you all. Everybody was there on Saturday. There's a round of applause for the noise you made. It was sensational. Um, Mick, thank you for joining us today in your fantastic Sweden shirt. It's been uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I love how tight it's in your arms. This, this signature <laughs> on this side... There you go. The signature is, is about four times as big as it actually is now I've got shirts on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, if you just see the top half, Mick, it actually looks all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, everything, everything else down. is going completely wrong, mate. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, quick reminder from Will Roebuck that, that Paul won beating Ipswich again from beating Norwich and even better, mathematically sealed that they can't get promoted as well, which is even more, which is even more brilliant. Mm. Um don't forget, if you can subscribe, if you can, that would be brilliant. When it closes in 5.50, please do subscribe. If you haven't watched Danny's match day vlog, go and watch it, because, again, just relive the day. It was a great day. Uh, we couldn't get Victor on, unfortunately. Maybe another day. Maybe another day. Mm. Um, please subscribe on iTunes. If you've got audio listeners, thank you very much. Uh, we'll tweet out a picture of these shirts we've been wearing so you, you understand the joke. <laughs> I guess lost some time in the audio part. Uh, but if in, in exchange, please give us a five-star rating. Please subscribe. And everything else, 
we will be back on Thursday night where we will look back at what happened to Rotherham, what happened to MK Dons and Wigan on Tuesday night as well. And then we'll look ahead to our final home game, final league home game of the season, uh, which will be Oxford United. Mick, Danny, absolute pleasure to spend Sunday evening with you. I uh, hope everybody had a lovely Easter and I hope everybody has a safe trip to Burn. and we'll see you all next time. Thank you very much. Go on at your Easter eggs now. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.